this Sunday evening. Um, we're doing it on Sunday because um, we're not available tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be the last podcast of the year. Um, so, with me, as always, we have my co-host Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. Right, no, no, no guest tonight. No guest. Uh, the guest is the year. Is the guest twenty twenty three is our guest. Twenty twenty three is our guest. Um, so yeah, we're we're just gonna have a quick sort of kind of um quick chat about twenty twenty three. What's been going on? Uh, what's um been occurring? What's good? What's bad? And uh, then Pete's gonna be providing a uh, a little article of our sort of best of 2023 for the website which should be coming up in the next couple of weeks hopefully yeah next, next, next couple of days it's going to be kind of like the best of 2023 like each of them geek prize is going to kind of hammer out a few uh words of saying what for them was the best film their best tv show the best event it's kind of like the oscars but about the lovies you know right um okay so um how's 2023 being for you pete yeah, it's been pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more stuff happening now. It's things are getting back to normal. We are getting stuff out there. We're getting... And I think it's like... To be a geek right now is fantastic. <laughs> there's so much stuff out there, be it books, films, TV shows, events, moving to fantasy, horror, science fiction whatever there's something out there for you and there's going to be a lot of it so i think yeah this it's been a good year to be a geek okay so um i feel like we're going to be encroaching upon your article slightly but we might as well it's a yeah. yeah we might as well but um what has been your well actually in fact in fact maybe we'll just do it this way we'll go through um i'll sort of google the like sections so we'll have games and we'll have films and stuff like that and we'll yeah. go through some of them and just say you know what we've seen and what we thought was good and what we thought was bad uh and then we can go with that so let me just do this uh okay so films wise it's been a fair few it doesn't feel like in my mind like i go to the cinema quite regularly uh with like a group of guys like uh i know and um i I can't feel like there, there's been a film that I've watched this year that I went, oh my God, that was amazing. There's been some good films, but there's not been anything that's blown my socks off. Um, so I'd be interested. What have you What have you watched? Um, okay. Well, I mean, I have got three children, so my, my opportunities for me to go and see a film are few and far between. So that caveat of the way, I did go and see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I've not that, seen that yet. And... It's a lot of fun. It's not the greatest Indiana Jones films. That's still Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, or possibly Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's not the worst either. It's by no means um, uh, Crystal, Crystal Skull or you know, Temple of Doom. And that was that had a very dark tone, which didn't really fit Indiana Jones's high, epic high adventure. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I said it's a perfectly acceptable in Jenna Jones films, and it, as a finale, a, a conclusion for the character, brilliant. The last few scenes, you will be welling up. 
you will well up. I mean, this is a film I've grown up with. I mean, you say like it was Star Wars, that's for you, it was kind of your film. I kind of, that's almost like Indiana Jones for me. So does it have a sort of, um, what's it called, Last Jedi sort of like culmination of the entire franchise sort of thing going on? Not a culmination of the entire gen. Like, it doesn't take me all the story arcs because there's not really one from the Indy Jones film, but it does kind of just bring an end for the character. Okay. But without, but, and I apologize if this is spoiling, but without killing the character. Because like, that would have, they don't kill him. Because I think you can it's, to kill off Indy Jones would just be wrong. If that makes any sense, it would be wrong. Like Indiana Jones is a, a franchise, for want of a better term, sold on high adventure, hijinks, high adventure. The hero always coming out like the the one the one fist punch where you kind of knock someone out with a, a single punch. That to kill off that character is is kind of goes against the grain of the genre. I um. I hadn't had it like I, you know, I love Indiana Jones. Uh, growing up, it was all about the Temple of um, Temple of Doom. Uh, for for me and my brother and sister, that was our sort of film. Um, and then Last Crusade, Last Crusade, and Temple of Doom, we loved, absolutely loved. Um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, was quite, you know, the bit at the end where <laughs> where the guy's Melting face. face melts off. Yeah, for kids, it was pretty like, oh my god, that's kind of scary. But um, it, yeah. Yeah. It was. I, I couldn't watch that as a kid. But, but after Crystal Skull, um, I watched Crystal Skull in the film, as film, in the cinema. And, um, I, you know, I didn't hear it, but I, I was just like, yeah, I think Indiana Jones is, you know, it's done. So I was. Yeah, there, I, there was that kind of unspoken element that was this kind of passing on the baton of the hat of the Indiana Jones to a new generation. And they didn't, thankfully, because much as Indiana Jones would not have worked. It, so, uh, I mean, Indiana Jones is as much Harrison Ford as Harrison Ford plays Indiana Jones. They are kind of very much entwined. All right, well, it's on my list to see at some point in time, but like... It's on, yeah, it's on uh, Disney Plus at the moment. Oh, okay, so, right, I might give that a whirl, actually. It's uh, give, it a, give it a watch, you will not be disappointed. It's, like I said, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. All right. Okay. And have you got a film that what would you know? What was your best of twenty twenty three? Totally killer. That it was um, Amazon Prime um, horror film, and it's basically it's um, oh, Halloween. Yeah. Halloween meets Back to the Future. Basically, a girl goes back in time to um, nineteen eighty-seven to stop the the murders that of her, of her mother's friends. Very, very, and but it's done really well. Very right script, ninety minute long, really tightly written, and it kind of plays with the cultural differences between nineteen eighty-seven and two twenty twenty-three. Like, like just like going like the girl like dude. You can't do that. That's like super problematic. Uh, I mean, in oh, many it's got the mom. It's got the mom from. Um, it's got the mom from. Ah, uh, oh, what's it called? That comedy series. Ah, oh, by God. Um, Friends. My family. No, it's not my family. <laughs> the mo- no, what's the one with the the with? Oh my God, that's gonna. Right. That's yeah, gonna annoy but... me. Anyway. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's really. I mean, in many ways, actually, the lead female reminds me of a Greek prize, Laura. Really? Just oh, we're speaking. Just kind of that's a very Laura thing. Right, I'm, I'm gonna have to find where where is she? Ah, there he is. He is. And I'm gonna find out that she was in. Oh, she was in Happy Modern Family. That's it, my Modern Family. That's Happy Gil. Okay. But yeah, it's a very known script. It's very rarely done. There's a lot of fun to it. I mean, they don't hold back from the horror. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a comedy when I when I first. It is, oh, it is com. It is comedy, but it's also horror. Ah, right. Okay, right. So there, it's, it's got it's got an edge to it. Right. Okay. Very, very, you know, a, a distinct bite. Right, because it's distinct. got. Um, uh, yeah, it's got Randall Park in it. Um, yeah, because, uh, and. Uh, so I saw that and I was just like, yeah, this is going to be a comedy. This isn't going to be, you know, horror, horror, but uh, is it horror, horror on the same sort of level in that, well, like a British horror, so uh, like Dog Soldiers or something? Very like- much so, yeah. I mean, like you know, the the girl, I can't remember the name top of my head, I apologize, kind of finds these two police officers there. He's saying, guys, have you seen Back to the Future? God, this this is what's happened to me. I am back to the future, and there's going to be a murder tonight. There's going to be kill this person, and the the guys are looking at going, dude. Yeah, like the super time travel movies are so dumb. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they make no logical sense. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, it's very knowing and really nice. I mean, the scriptwriter is. Really, was firing all cylinders. So, if you get a chance to watch it, do watch it. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Um. So, there's. I've been. I've watched a fair few films this year. Like I said, mate, myself and a few friends. You saw, saw uh, Napoleon, didn't you? Yeah. Well, we saw that recently. I put a review up. Uh, we can't talk about that, but I'll do that at the end because I will yabber on for a long time. Because <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's a history thing, and unfortunately, that sort of sets me. Uh, I'm going to try to go through some of these films I've seen uh, quickly. Now, I didn't see The Creator, uh, but I had some friends see it, and they didn't rate it at all, which is which was weird because it looks like a film that yeah. uh, would like, be really good. But like, the, the, I had three friends who went to see it, and they all flagged this. It's like, okay, so I've not had any major sort of inclination to yeah. go and watch it. Now, if anybody disagrees by all means let us know let's, yeah let us know let us know um i haven't seen barbie yet i've not yeah, seen right. i'm not i've not seen barbie in fact i'm gonna share the screen with you can see what i'm looking at so uh yeah so we've got a list of these are, these are the popular films from 2023 uh so we're gonna have a quick shifty down here so let's look we've got um i saw so we didn't see that um, I didn't see Barbie. I did see Oppenheimer. Now, Oppenheimer um, would be my film of 2023. Not to say that it was a, I was amazeballs. Like, I wasn't, like, it was, it's it's a Christopher Nolan film. So you're, you yeah. know what you're going to get. You're going to get good, uh, you're going to get good sort of. Fantastic cinematography. Yeah, you're going to get a really nice score. You're going to have good actors. And it had all of that. It was really good. But um, I, I I don't know. It just it didn't blow me away, and it's not like I don't I don't know. Maybe um, I just wasn't in the mood for it at that time and stuff. But yeah, it, it was really it was really good, and it would be my film of twenty twenty three. Just because 
I don't think it's been a strong year for films um, as much as there's been a lot of films. Like Dungeons and Dragons came out. I, I really enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons. I, I thought it was I yeah. thought it was great. Um, but, you know, I, I couldn't sort of put it up there as a sort of name. And again, like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out. Um, that was that quite... W- that was a good film. That was yeah, a very good it film. It was a good film. And I, I, the sort of the angle with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 um, with the whole sort of animal cruelty thing was quite you know it pulled that was apart. powerful yeah it that was it really was very powerful, powerful. and uh, i, I couldn't was... I mean i couldn't watch that with um my daughter I mean, my daughter's like 15 now and she you know she, i wouldn't well she wouldn't get upset up, up, i know she wouldn't like it seeing like no such you know animal cruelty i mean obviously it was all cgi but still it was very effective cgi oh yeah definitely like i like i i find myself <laughs> sort of tearing up a bit um with it and stuff and yeah so it it was it was enjoyable um again. and also the music was spot on yeah, but that's james gunn always good when true it comes but they, they they had um we care a lot just land at the perfect yes, moment it's it it just like yes absolutely so yeah, like you know, uh, I say we didn't have a good year. Obviously, we had Dungeons and Dragons, which was really good. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Three was really good. Quantumania, I was. Ah uh, oh, no, no, I, it I, was just. Yeah, it was okay. It it wasn't even that. Uh, it was just. It was. It was bland. I mean, I, I mean, I say it's something, but so all the CGI on screen, but it just felt like I was watching a video game cut screen. Scott scene rather than a cinema, rather yeah. than a, I know a, a big budget film, and it just felt Marvel by the numbers. Yeah, well, see after, see that's one of the thing I said because we'll get on the Loki afterwards and stuff, but like Quantum Mania because they obviously tie in with each other. But Quantum Mania for me was the Marvel film where I went, okay, maybe Marvels. And it's yeah. you know, it's like it's not bad, it's enjoyable, but I'm not getting that. Oh my god, this is the best thing ever! Like mind blown sort of thing going on. Yeah. Um, and then that view was quite quickly changed when Loki came out because I came yeah. sort of obviously we're, we're moving from films to TV here quickly, but uh, um, I wasn't overly that bothered about Loki when it sort of came out uh, for the second season. I was like, you know. I don't know it's not like it's like marvel burnouts i'm like there's so much marvel stuff coming out and i'm like i'm not sure if i'm slightly burnt out but loki just showed how good they could still be like it was like it was like it's the one thing i think i could i got really ex- yeah i could be really excited about it was just like the ending was great the acting was amazing the whole storyline the whole thing was just oh you know, amazing it was so well done I was so impressed it them. was very well done and like also brought the whole loki arc to this, this was the end of loki and it kind of brought it back to the mythic elements of the asgardians and what invented i mean it went from loki being a trickster god to loki being the god of time yeah i guess so yeah yeah I maybe yeah. I mean, it, the ending is very subjective. You can read into oh, it. By what the way, done. spoiler warnings: if you haven't watched it, you should have watched we've it. We've just we've just spoiled it. Sorry, yeah. but if you haven't watched it, watch it. I mean, the ending is very mythic. It's very open to interpretation, but that is what Loki is. I mean, he is 
a mythic character. I mean, you go back right to the roots of, of where the origins of Loki, he is mythic. So the, I'm glad they brought that back to the fore. Um, so back to sort of other things. So obviously Oppenheimer was really good. Um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons obviously was really good. Some of it's filmed in Carrick, Fergus, just where, I, where I'm from in uh, Northern Ireland. So it was quite good to see the castle and stuff and some of the bits we recognise. Um, then we had I I'm just this one just came up because I just I think it was a Netflix film, but uh, the book The Bank of Dave was quite a feel good film, and I kind of like those okay. sort of like slow budget film. It's based it's basically based on a it's a chap who ran a business. He runs a business um, in say Bradford, something like that, uh, or it's it's along those lines. It's one of those northern yeah. sort of cities. And he, or Leeds, maybe, I don't know, uh, up my head. But anyway, it's based on a true story. This fella then gives loans to um, struggling businesses and stuff, his own money, to people. And then he basically thought, well, instead of doing it where I'm just lending people money and they're paying me back, why don't I just set up my own bank for, and, you know, have a way of being able to support the community. And it's just about his struggle with that and um, having, you know, big businesses in London sort of come after him and stuff like that. I'm not sure how, how much of that is actually real, but it was, yeah. it was quite a feel-good film. And I kind of like, I, I do like a feel-good film. Uh, I do yeah, like a film that sort of... They have their place, they have their place. I mean, when you end up in a bit dancers, kind of putting on a feel-good film is exactly what we need. Uh, what else have we got? So we got. Uh, I didn't realize there was another expend. I knew there was another Expendables film coming out, but I didn't realize. I've never the- seen it- any of them. I've never, never seen, seen any of them. Oh. Again, it's just. I mean, I like my action movies. I, I am. I really like action movies, but I'm. I like the action action movie. I like choreography. I like you know martial arts stuff. I mean, I do martial arts every week, and so. The next one feels I just never really appealed to me. I like stuff like um, District B thirteen. Yeah, if I watch that, that's really that's my kind of action film. I'd say they're so, not they're not sort of like they're bad in an old school parody sort yeah. of eighties film way and stuff. Yeah, very much kind of a callback to the eighties. Yeah, 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 you know, they? and like they're watchable. You're not gonna get you, you get what you get with them and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's you know. It's enjoyable uh, in their own sort of kind of weird way. Oh, I forgot. There we go. John Wick 4. That's what I should have seen. I, yeah, I have seen that one. That was a very good film. Oh, it was. You're going to I've have also... to change my thing. On the, on the, you're going to have to change my uh, my thing. I forgot John Wick 4 came out this year. Okay, that is my favorite film of 2023. I, I will say one thing. It's about three hours long or something like that. Yeah. John it never, it's a long it. film, but it doesn't. You don't get bored. There's always something really interesting to watch on screen. I'm so annoyed with myself. Like, I remember but that 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 was the one film. Like I just thought that's amazing. Like there's sort of yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send I'll send you something new for my 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 top film and stuff <laughs> for 2023. Uh, but yeah, John Wick. Like all of, I love the John Wick films. Like I remember um, watching. No, I remember being told about the first one and not being that interested because I was like it's it's. Keanu Reeves and um I'm you know it's just going to be like a matrix type thing and I wasn't really that I wasn't really that bothered and then um the second one was coming out and I think my girlfriend at the time wanted to watch it and I was like right I guess I'll go and watch the first one 
seen the second one. Mm. And then I watched the first one and went, oh my God, this was absolutely amazing. And then the second one, I was like, oh my God, this is good. And they just, they, they've done it so well because you've got four films and they are equally as good. There's no, there's no... I, was, sort- I so prefer the first one. For me, the first one is the top. And I'm to keep me... The- I like the world building and what they do. They kind of built this kind of um, underground world of assassins and we see the thing is there's it's there's more to it though because I was thinking about doing an article on it because there's more to it because they have this sort of feudal um, system going on where the assassins are for all intents and purposes lord like the knights and stuff and yeah. you have like table who you, and you have like codes of honor that they have to abide by and it seems like the civilian populace <coughs> sort of seem to don't not not mind but they expect this stuff happens because you can see them they're doing things where they're, they're hurting people and killing people and Nobody seems to really bat an eyelid. There's this very odd sort of Have thing. Have you watched the Continental TV series? Not yet. No, I haven't seen it yet. That's worth a watch because that adds a bit more to the background. Because at one point, there's this um, uh, police officer investigating a murder, and she's approaching this the building, the Continental, and just the police show up and just turn around and just walk away. The the officer doesn't know exactly what the Continental is. Except she knows there's something up there, but the police of other police officers know what's going on there and said, "No, you can't go in there." Yeah. Uh, it's worth worth watch. It's, but yeah, it's it's not brilliant, but it's not but not bad either. Yeah, but I, I yeah, John Wick films I can't, and I I think it's just good that because they are timeline wise pretty much after each other. There's yeah. no sort of jumps in timeline, and it sort of makes up for the fact he's getting older in real life, but because he's getting more beat up as the time yeah. goes on. There, and... is, there is a time jump between three and four, though, isn't there? Yeah, it's not a massive time jump though, because he obviously, few, get, he obviously falls off a building in three, so he, yeah, uh, or he gets pushed, he gets shot off a building Shots. in three. Um, but uh, yeah, it's there's sort of a little bit of a jump, but it's it's good because they all those the first three films are pretty much back to back. And then the fourth one, there's a little bit of a time jump, but it's like you can sort of him getting older as an actor, maybe he's being slightly slower and things like that. You can sort of, it it ties in with it slightly. uh, And I like that. And I just like, you know, I just, I like the, the the fighting's really good. The storyline's great. There's just, you know, there's a bit in number four where he's fighting up some stairs towards the um, Notre Dame. And it's just like, it's fucking, quality it's so good it's just the fight scenes the choreography are just immense and it's just like yeah. uh, it's like yeah and I, i'm I'm so annoyed with myself that i think about that because i was sitting there kind of going what good films have come out in 2023 and i was like oppenheimer i guess was really good but yeah john mc4 is like was just yeah. yeah that was a that was a film that i came out of and went that was freaking amazing and the fact that they had again spoilers if you've not you know if you've not watched john mc4 and stuff like that it's like it sort of infers that he's dead um but we're not 100 yeah. sure if he's dead or not and it's again just, it's very ambiguous yeah it's, it's very ambiguous so but yeah I, I i loved it i thought it was really good and that was a film that i came out of going yeah that was that was quality i really that so yeah okay that i'm glad i looked at these because i'll be really upset with myself that i was like oh 2023 wasn't great for films for me uh but yeah that that was a good one okay um what else have we got going on here i, I haven't seen the spider-man um across the spider-verse yet um I, um 
I've got it for my boys. Uh, uh, Christmas present. Uh, he doesn't know it yet. So uh, no one tell him. Oh, you mean Santa Claus has got it for it? Yes. <laughs> um, what else have we got uh, film-wise here? The Oh, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle was good. Um, it, yeah, it's okay. obviously... Um, with 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 the, the all the crap going on with DC and of the fact that uh, James Gunn has taken over DC, um, and this was pre that, but yeah, I I I, I enjoyed it. I thought Blue Beetle was a, it was a good yeah. for. I reckon had Blue Beetle came out early on before all the Marvel stuff. The problem you've got with Blue Beetle, I think, and we we talked about this, is that. It sort of has a lot of the stuff you would get, sort of like Iron Man. There's a whole Iron Man thing to it, um, yeah. but there's a well, lot it's of I, it's 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 alien I, um, power armor, isn't it? Yeah, effectively, yeah. Um, but you've got this sort of. If it had been a film that had come out earlier on, before all the Marvel ones had sort of exploded, I reckon it would have done really well and would have been a good sort of like starting point for a lot of things. But because it's come out now. And Marvel have pretty 15, much done fifteen years later. Marvel have done pretty much everything. It's not, it's not new. Um, even though it's good, it's got good music. Um, the acting's really good. Uh, well, you're good for superhero films, and you know the story's not too bad either. And uh, you know, I we we quite enjoyed it. But I think it sort of gets sort of overshadowed by the fact that it isn't anything new when it comes to a superhero type film. Yeah. Um, and so it's a shame, but yeah, that, that was, yeah, I forgot that's, that wasn't too, that, definitely not a, uh, a John Wick up the top there, but it, yeah, it was quite enjoyable. Um, where else have we got before we move on? Um, like through these films here. Um, I'm definitely saw more films, but I can't really think of anything off the top of didn't see the meg didn't see extraction two oh, did, nope. i saw 65 there's a film called 65 um, oh with adam driver in it yeah, adam uh, driver. it's adam driver against dinosaurs yeah it is adam driver and again spoiler warnings um you know it's it's watchable like i watched it on the plane uh when i when i was traveling i watched it on the plane but um it's pretty much it's like he is like you, you sort of kind of again spoilers if you if you if you if you, if you don't mind it's not it's, it's not going to be the end of the world for you i don't think i think you can probably guess where it goes but um he is an alien um well no he's 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 you think it's sort of like he's in the future his his daughter is dying he basically needs to do some mission and then he can sort of get the money to save her and stuff um he then there's a, an accident happens uh his ship crashes on a planet um and it turns out you no know, he's not going to be able to get back to save his daughter and there's a girl who a little girl who crashes with him and she can't speak she can't speak english she speaks another sort of another language and and then you soon figure out that you know the the, the planet that he's uh he's crashed on is earth and this is, you know, Earth in prehistoric ages when where the dinosaurs were there, and it's about them sort of getting through to try and get to uh, an escape pod, and the, the bit at the end, which sort of kind of confirms that it's Earth, is this meteor coming? To, it's coming down to hit Earth. Obviously, the extinction of the dinosaurs, and sort of it's about them escaping from this sort of like you know meteor that's going to hit the planet and sort of take everybody out and stuff. So technically, he's an alien and she's an alien and. Uh, 
you know, Earth is just about to begin its new journey into things. So it was watchable. It's not it's not mind blowing stuff. Yeah. Uh but it was yeah, it was all right. Um Good. and what else have we got? I think that's it. I'm I'm sure okay. I'm sure I've seen other things. Uh I'm trying to sort of kind of flick through some of these um things, but not really um, seeing anything on the top of my head that I can see. Shall we move on to TV then? Shall we move on to TV? Yeah. Um. Okay. So we said Loki. Loki's definitely one of the yeah the, one of the things that really I really enjoyed for twenty twenty three. I thought that was definitely up there. Um. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um. Fubar. Yeah. Uh. No. No. Not Fubar. It's oh. his 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 uh in, his basically docu series, oh. which is about him. And there's one with Sylvester Stallone as well, um, okay. which was really about uh both of them. So they did the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, and then obviously uh, uh Sylvester Stallone did one as well. And they're they're quite insightful. They're really good. Um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one is interesting because there's a lot about you know him growing up and then um his relationship with his family and for all intents it seemed like his father was a bit harsh on them and stuff you know yeah. potentially violent and um he you know it seemed a bit there was there, there it's with both of them Sylvester Stallone as well apparently his dad was literally like jealous of him and stuff and there there was times when he like it, it, you'd have to watch it but it's like there's yeah. you know both of them have very similar sort of like <laughs> um you know backgrounds when it comes to it and stuff but um yeah they were they were quite good um you know i didn't realize you know arnold schwarzenegger obviously he had a uh an affair with his maid um and they had a kid together and stuff like that which broke up his relationship which his his ex uh was one of the kennedy was a kennedy oh and uh you know that's how he became governor of uh, California through that effectively, um, but yeah, it was that was that was really insightful, really good. Uh, it was really enjoyable, um, and then the Sylvester Stallone one was really good as well. Um, documentary twenty twenty three not here. Um, so. Uh, Oh yeah, a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of documentaries this year. Well, best documentary movies, twenty three. The stream. Um, against who are these? Oh, Pamela. Pamela was a good one. The one about yeah, the Pamela Anderson story again. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. Um, kind of messed up. Um. But yeah, that was that was quite a good, quite a good got here. One, one, and it's basically about. I have to try and find the name. Uh, but it was about the lady who who was the heiress. I think it was L'Oreal. Okay. Um, it's all. It's ma- it's mainly in French because obviously she's uh yeah the billionaire yeah. the butler and the boyfriend um and it's on Netflix and it's basically about uh the Ben Court um there's like Ben Court family yeah the Ben Court family and they 
she her father was the you know the founder of l'oreal uh she took it on when he died uh she's like one of the richest people in the world and it's all yeah. about her being manipulated by people or was she being manipulated and sort of there's like a lot of court cases between her and her daughter and her daughter thinking that she basically was out of her mind and that she's giving money to these people and this is basically this con man who was going around and uh preying on um mm. preying yeah, on um sort of old women basically and yeah. taking their money and stuff like that that was that was quite interesting that uh, was quite a good one um what else did we have I've been, I've been watching a lot of documentaries. I'm not sure they all came out, yeah. so I'm not sure which if they've come yeah. out this year or not. One, uh, but the only documentary I really watched this year was 23 Seconds to Eternity. What was that one? That was basically... Um, do you remember the Kerlath? Yes. Well, early 90s, late 80s. Um, with House Band. Um, their director, Bill Butts, um, did all their music videos and some small movies. And what he did was he took all their mu- all their music videos, all their mini movies, and stitched them all together into one long documentary. It was great. It was basically just care left music for 90 minutes. <laughs> and I mean, there was no narration whatsoever other than the Martin Sheen's uh, voiceover for the uh, Rights of Moo section, which is where basically uh, they recorded this incident, I suppose the best way to put it, where the KLF invited a lot of journalists and then in the early 90s to come to this remote Scottish island um, uh, to take part in a burning uh, of, of a wicked man. And this kind of really kind of ritualistic and kind of people came on and they were met by... Um, uh, Bill Drummond as a customs officer who kind of like took all the alcohol off them and drank it and um, they kind of just, like put them all in robes, marched them all up to this kind of wicker man that James Co- Jimmy Courtier had built and started singing along to it and then burnt it and it was yeah the, the yeah, it was delightfully weird <laughs> and yeah I mean again it's just like no reason to it, no explanation. It was just, this is what we did 30 years ago. And it was like, yeah, they don't make music videos or like that anymore. They don't have bands like that anymore. No, no. Uh, I um, just realised that I didn't, I didn't talk about Napoleon uh, on, uh, yeah. on, on when it came to films and stuff. But uh, you can check out my review, long and short of it, with me out going into a massive history rant about it was... It it was watchable, but if you're into your history, um, you're going to not cry. Yeah. You're going to cry. I, I think. I think. I think as Joaquin Phoenix has played him, um, isn't bad. I think he's actually really good, yeah. and I, I I like that sort of that they've made him a bit. The more portrayal of valuable. the character. Yeah, yeah I think mean, the portrayal of the character is, you know, respectful, but like. The way the events that describe in the film, yeah, it's it, of... it, it's it's historically lazy. Let's just say, yeah. It, but that being said, if you if 
you know, if you look at sort of the Gladiator, um, which you know everybody likes because it's quite a, it's quite evocative evocative film. It's it's got no basis in history whatsoever and stuff. You know, Marcus Aurelius wasn't mar- murdered by Commodus. Commodus, who did fight in the um, arena, wasn't killed in the arena. Um, and you know, there's there's loads of stuff. And it, in fact, Marcus Aurelius sort of planned to have Commodus become uh you know emperor and stuff they were yeah. actually twin emperors at one point in time so there was no need for a lot so they, they you know he's very good at sort of kind of playing loose with history that's what you get with ridley scott you know you get the big epic sort of feeling but you know history suffers quite quite a lot yeah. which is annoying because you know it's it some of it is really lazy and it might <laughs> There's the one bit that really fucking annoyed me, like really annoyed me, whereas there's a bit in the Battle of Waterloo, which is the longest sort of battle scene in the film. And um, they have the British in field entrenchments, which they weren't. There was no field entrenchments in 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 that battle in in the Napoleonic Wars. Like they did have like the Battle of Borodino. They may it would have been made more sense because they had the Great Redan and you know which had to be assaulted and taken, which was the field field works. But in Waterloo, they didn't have any field works, and you've got basically this British line infantry stat, you know, on their sort of kind of side. There's no real view of it being a hill or anything, but they're they're there, and you've got these entrenchments with with sort of like um, palisade stakes and stuff flying out there to sort of bend off cavalry. So uh, Napoleon sends the cavalry forward, which he didn't do. It was nay, but anyway, doesn't matter. Fine. He sends it forward and Wellington stands there and says, advance to receive cavalry. And I was like, you're in, you're in entrenchments. You're in a defensive position with fucking sticks pointing out there's no need to move forward so he moves them forward and changes them into square for no reason other than ridley scott's thinks i can have a good shot there with the cavalry charging around the square why not just have them in square in the first place why didn't you do it historically where it's like nay charges them forward he goes over the hill realizes that they're in square and then that's the thing why did you need to have this really elaborate and the only reason i think he's done them he's had it where they've had these entrenchments is it makes the battlefield look busier and because he wasn't using a lot of cgi he could sort of make it look like it was a bigger battlefield but in general it was just it was historically lazy and um i was annoyed and it was like i'm in a load of napoleonic sort of history groups and stuff and everybody takes the piss out of the fact that you had a 95th rifleman with a scope on it on his rifle like he had a he basically had a um like a uh what's it called um not a telescope what are they the um what is like a telescope? What what do they call them when you're sort of you know the in the olden days when they had those sort of like scope things? What are they called? Um, what you know a oh yeah looking like yeah. a looking glass looking glass looking glass looking glass looking glass uh looking glass uh scope? not periscope not periscope um. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, I I can't remember exactly what they call it, but basically, yeah. So you've got a 95th rifleman with one of these on the top of his Baker rifle, and it's like like tied down so he can see through it, which makes no sense whatsoever, even with within ballistics and stuff like that. It's like, you know, you've got a you've got a rifle that isn't going to, you know, that's not going to help you whatsoever. It doesn't have a rangefinder. It's literally just a tele a telescope. 
telescope. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a telescope. It's a it's a fucking telescope on the top of this thing, and it's just like, why did you do that? What made, it made no sense whatsoever, and it was just like, why do it? It's like it's my sort of general pet peeve when it comes to historical drama, anyway, where they just throw in random shit just because it's you know that looks cool, but it's like you don't need to because history's cool anyway, and it's just like you don't need that sort of. This this is me and hacking yeah. and ending from a tech. Um, did you watch Citadel? early this year no 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 good <laughs> it was massively publicized and wife and curly and i watched it we watched the first 15 the first half hour and we spotted a 25 pound amazon um plot hole in the first 15 minutes but basically oh like this agent's carrying this like this bag which is meant to have plutonium in it and like hang on Anyone with a Geiger account could tell this. There's no plutonium in there. It's like literally, like, oh no, we didn't know there was in there. You could, uh, have, bought the, one, you, the... you could have bought one for twenty five pounds off Amazon. You're gonna have to talk. Literally, my, could... do- my dog's kicking off. Bear with me a minute. You okay. carry on talking. Okay, but yeah, basically, you could buy a Geiger counter for twenty five pounds. Next day delivery as well, so perfect. Um, for twenty five pounds and have it sent to you, and that will be able to tell if there's plutonium in the bag or not. That, the fact that they kind of had it off skid by by just, it's a bag. No one's going to look into it. It's going to, given these agents that they're up against, they might be a bit more prepared, skilled, equipped <laughs> with a twenty five pound Amazon gag counter. Yeah. Uh, talking so, about talking about Amazon, um, did you watch the season three of Upload? Yeah, what's that? It's again, I was quite feel good, and I I like that... it's a very feel good. It's yeah. a lot of fun. The writing is a bit all over the place. I think it kind of goes from like, especially characterizations go like the way some of the character portrayals go from real widely based purely on what's needed to tell the story rather than having the characters themselves propel the story forward. Mm, yeah. I mean, other than that, it's fine. It was fun. It kind of expanded a bit more on the world of Upload. But yeah, it's not brilliant. It's not terrible either. Yeah, well, I, I quite enjoy it, I think. And I, I'm liking um, your man, Armel. Uh, yeah, uh, he's very he's very good in that role. And the fact that kind of, like, you know, they kind of got two... Uh, of them running around and the fact that like, oh, yeah, really, and yeah and kind of like it kind of looked the play in that quite well and it, it's really nicely done is it Robbie it's, Ammo? yeah, yeah it's Rob, Robbie, it's Robbie Ammo. yeah um but yeah you oh, know, oh, oh one more thing of upload they, they had a cameo by William Gibson oh yeah you they know, did they did yeah I did as I was watching that and like no that his face popped up going hey that's William Gibson. Like, and like jumping up, bouncing up and down, and say, Look, that's William Gibson. That's William Gibson. Yeah, I, you know, yes, I, I, again, it's it's one of those sort of. It has sort of. It asks a lot of questions, which I think other films do. Yeah. You, you know, Alter Carbon do the whole thing about duplicating bodies and the, the whole sort of. And do you read the original books? I haven't seen the book. I've not read the books. Books actually. are really good, really, really good. Check them out. Um, the first season of Alter Carbon, brilliant. The second one. It wasn't good. You didn't like it? I, yeah, again, I've not read the book, so I thought it was okay. Um, the first scene is very, very good. Joe Kinnaman as uh, Takeshi Kovash was brilliant. He clearly kind of channeled that 
seething fury that 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 kind of lockdown seething fury that Kovash has. But when they switched switched actors, it just didn't it, it didn't have that same intensity that you do need for a character like Kovash. Right, right. But yeah, other it, than that, it was. Yeah, it's. Sorry. I think it's sort of. It, it sort of. It has lots of sort of things about you know. Um, I think the main, the main sort of premise before if you've not watched any of Upload, which you should because it is. It is enjoyable. Even it, you know, it's not going to blow your mind, but it is sort of. It's enjoyable. It's it's definitely worth worthy of a watch. Um, but it's sort of like when people die they can upload their 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 brains uh or sort of their memories and stuff the into, con- the consciousness to... yeah the consciousness into uh this basically hotel. a digital afterlife yeah a digital, digital afterlife a digital afterlife and they basically live in this hotel and it's quite funny because it's sort of like they they, they basically take people's heads off and they just sort of kind of like zap their heads and then it's uploaded into this sort of new world and um you know it's a it's a hotel and there's lots of characters in the hotel and they have these angels who are basically the devs who help them you know if they need something and um they can talk to people um so they basically have um the main guy Robbie Amell plays uh sort of he ha- they have his funeral and he's watching his own funeral and stuff and they have like these parties where he is dead but he's not cuz he's in this digital afterlife and there's a whole thing about sort of like rich people can afford more even in the digital afterlife, whereas yeah. poor people have this sort of limited um, ba- limited bandwidth bandwidth, which they can sort of they they can't do very much or they freeze out. Um, but then people like so his girlfriend and it sort of can visit him in the afterlife by wearing this big sort of like wetsuit the, type thing the R suit, this the VR suit. suit yeah and it's like um but yeah it's it's got some really good themes to it uh and it's it is quite enjoyable it is quite feel good and they, they, you know they always leave each series with a quite a good cliffhanger um so yeah, yeah it's um it's definitely definitely worth a watch um was that andor this andor this year as well was andor this year no because oh, I was watching oh, no that was 2022 because I was oh. yeah if it was it would have been definitely up there it's just like Ando yeah. was amazing Ando was so good I didn't watch Ashoka um, and I'm sure a lot of people oh, thought I was really good but yeah. I, I didn't it I didn't was, watch it yeah it was good it was, wasn't brilliant it was fun I enjoyed watching it with my kids um, yeah definitely the standouts was um, Ray Stevenson as Balin yeah. uh, one of the safe um it was basically Rebels season five, so you really need to watch Rebels if you kind of want to get all the kind of plot threads that are running through it. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was brilliant. Uh, some really unique uh, lightsaber choreography. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Definitely. Yeah, I haven't seen. Um... I haven't seen any of Rebels, so I I, I haven't watched it for that for that sake. The reason it's like I've not seen it, so it's just like I'm not because I kind of people kept on going. You got to watch um, Clone Wars and then Rebels and stuff. So I started watching Clone Wars, and I was just like, "This is boring yeah. the hell out of me," and I'm not getting anything. I out of it. I had the same reaction to Clone Wars. I gave Rebels a try and actually enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it much more than than Clone Wars. And I found I could happily watch um, Rebels without having watched all of Clone Wars. I mean, I watched the first two seasons, and I was still able to kind of get all the plot threads from Rebels. So, yeah, but definitely with Ahsoka, there's a lot of the stuff they carry through from Rebels into Ahsoka. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll probably watch Rebels at some point. That's why I haven't sort of gone through it because there's yeah. a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's sort of um, going through it. Um, I missed. Okay, so we've done films, we've done TV books. One more, t- one more TV show I am going to have to reference, and I'm going to mention it in my article, is Gen V. Oh, right, yes. You know, spin- I, ha- I haven't watched that yet either. Have you watched The Boys? Yes, oh yeah, The Boys is amazing, yeah. yeah really. You will like, I mean, the, do you know like The Boys was based on the graphic novel of the same, of yes. the same name by Garth Ennis? Now, when Garth Ennis was creating The Boys, Hit the camera. Well, the four core elements was that you know he wanted to out preacher preacher, but he kind of really take like the the over the top nature of uh, preacher and just make it even more so with the boys, and that kind of carries through in the storytelling of the uh, Amazon Prime ad- adaption. But what they're doing with Gen V is it's an entirely original story within the setting of the boys. So you kind of got like you know, these superheroes as celebrities, premise, but you're telling a brain telling new story and use well use it as a platform to tell entirely original stories, and it's so much better for that because you because you're writing stories for the medium it's intended for because um, the boys I say storyline was based for comics, yeah, yeah, so you yeah. kind of adapting it. So it doesn't but always they translate. Obviously, the comic books, um, you know, there's quite quite a deviation. There from is, the a, there is a big deviation and yeah. stuff. Where it's like like Black Noir in the comic books is a clone of Homelander. Of Homelander, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and with Gen V, they're doing something really, really good. I mean, they're tackling some really kind of um, contemporary themes like um, body image, the time that they would like the trans identities. And yeah, it's just really well, powerfully written. Some fantastic writing. And it's still got all the bombast and all the overtop blood splatter of the boys. But there's a contrast of some really powerful moments. And yeah, basically don't do um, another season. I'm going to riot. <laughs> right cool yeah it's on it's a, it's on the list to, uh, to watch actually yeah the thing is I, there's lots of things that i want to watch but i need to be in a certain mood to get into them i want to pay atten- i want to pay attention to them like there's a lot yeah. of sort of foreign uh series and films and stuff with subtitles which i want to watch but i can't because i know i'll not pay attention and i'll just sort of get lost so i need to be in a certain place to sort of watch them right in mind yeah it's that sort of mind um, okay, so what about books? What have you, what have you been reading for 2023? Well, in all I've been mostly reading role-play game books. <laughs> uh, I mean, my free time for reading has become distinctly limited. I will say that I did read um, A Season of Skulls by Charles Stross. That was a lot of fun. Okay, cool. It's, it's a spin-off of the Laundry Files series, um, also by Charles Charles. And it's kind of like set in the new mansions where um, basically uh, Nayafatep is now the prime minister. Right. Yeah. If basically the elder gods are coming and kind of one way to kind of preserve the UK is we we, we voted in Nayafatep as the prime minister because you did not want to see the other guy. All right. Okay. And so basically, like, you, know, you have like this kind of Tartarian, Cthulian, elder, elder statesman, right? And okay. It's completely bonkers, brilliantly, bitingly satirical, and yeah, basically, you got this like people living in this um, 
code nightmare greed situation where the Cthulhu um, entity is rising. And yeah, it's just basically what they're doing. This, this, they kind of take what if it is Mary Poppins and meets corporate efficiency maximizations with horrifying results. <laughs> it is, like I say, it's horrific and funny in exactly the same manner, but done really, really well. Because this is just, because I mean, Charles Joss is a political person. He's come from the tech, uh, tech and hacking culture, so which is innately political, and he's still not lost any of his bites. So yeah, really well worth reading. Okay. Well, I've had a like I, I say read, but I I um do you listen. Of, I, I do audiobooks. Um, yeah. I do audiobooks now because it gives me a bit more time to get as much sort of reading and verticomas in as possible. So I've got an, an audible account. So um i have gone through loads this year um there's uh sharps uh sharps command which have just sort of kind of there's basically been two new sharp books out if you're into your bernard Cromwell sharp thing so uh there's been one was last year one just came out this year and they, they were they were enjoyable um there's been there's been a new book called pax which is a sort of Tom Holland, who's a history, uh, one of my favorite historians, um, he has released one, and it's basically about uh, the Roman emperors after Nero. Uh, so it's basically at the end. So he's got he's got basically he's got a lot of books on Roman history. So he's got ones which is the foundation of Rome up to Augustus. Then you've got one called Dynasty. Uh, which is from Augustus all the way up to Nero, and then you got this one that's come out, which is ne- after Nero. Uh, I think we're on tr- we're on um, we're on Trajan at the minute. I think from what I think, which is good. Then you had um, End in the Death, Volume One and Two. One one came out at the start of the year, and uh, two uh, came out just recently in the last couple of months. Which is a Horace Heresy. Uh, it's basically the coming to the very end of the whole thing. So if you're into your Warhammer um what's well, 30k not 40k but if you're into the horace harry type of things which is really good so you know like that's one good thing that games workshop do well is their lore and yeah. this is the culmination of there's like 60 odd books so there's like 50 odd of them for the the general sort of horace heresy then there's the uh siege of terror books and there is we're on book like like the night the 10th or the 11th so there's Basically, there's going to be three books for potentially three books for the end of the death, which is the last book of the series. And um, yeah, so they they were really good. Um, there's a lot of stuff about the emperor and stuff, which is like, oh, that's kind of cool. So if you're into your sort of um, your Warhammer type stuff, definitely worth a read um, or a listen as I, I do them on i do them on audio um what else came out i did one what when i was what, oh one of the book came out that i expect everyone to, to have read which is um deviant leisure and offensive deviance came out in early this year featuring a chapter by me about nice. psychological benefits of role-playing games all right okay yes i forgot about yep. that yeah yeah peer-reviewed peer-reviewed academic journal and yes referencing every bit of information in my in my chapter was an absolute headache because I've never done it before. <laughs> but yeah, it was something really pleased to have done. It's it's apparently ruffled a few feathers, so I'm happy with that. That's all good. What what are the, what what have they ruffled? <clears throat> what, what's being said? Um, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but basically, Rosie Garland, who who is amongst other things uh, a poet and the lead singer of um, the March Violets, uh, I met her at met, met up with her at a 
a goth night, well, one of the gigs of the March Violets in Nottingham in October, and we had a bit of a chat and said, apparently, said, yes, we've ruffled a few feathers, so mission accomplished. Okay. <laughs> it was very unorthodox in its approach. It's kind of like everything was peer-reviewed, but we didn't, it wasn't done in the typical dry, you know, textbook style. Because okay. you had like you had some poetry in there, you had like you know, um, not a bi- not a biography of someone's life based on their own experiences within sub- various subcultures, and there's like my stuff, which is like like a more traditional article. Okay. okay cool. So yeah, so it was yeah, it's um, I was happy with it. It's roughed oh. a few feathers, and then kind of every now and then we bounce ideas off uh, doing it, doing a sequel. All right, nice, nice, nice. So, nice. Yeah. Where can people so look get it? Where can people read it? Okay, um, Google offensive deviants and and um, de- sorry, deviant leisure and offensive deviants a transgressive compendium by Dr. Ian Lamond and Rosie Garland. Google it and you should be able to find it. It's a bit pricey because like I say, it's for a university te- uh, research textbook, but you should be able to find it from a library or yeah, nice, Just, nice. Cool. It's been yeah. You know, so that, that's your pick yeah. of that's your pick of uh, 2023 is it there Pete? i can't say my book that's been no shameless self-promotion but a bit biased but no i think my book would be actually charles joss but yeah I, I couldn't i could not plug um dv leisure because i'm proud of it yeah good good uh for me uh my favorite book is it's another like um sci-fi type series it's called um well, it's called Light. This, the book's called Lightbringer. Uh, it's the seventh book in a series by Pierce Brown. Uh, it's called the Red Rising series. So you've basically got uh, it's on its third trilogy, I think, at the minute. So you've basically got the first one, which is uh, the Red Rising trilogy. Then you've got the next one. Uh, so there are six books have come out previously. This is the seventh book, so it's the third third part of the trilogy. It's really, really, really good. Um, like I, so, so the the first trilogy was the Red Rising. It's going to be a sequel called the White Rising, and then followed by the Blue Rising. So you could be Red, White, and Blue. No, so the way <sighs> the reason they've got it, it's the reason it's called Red. So basically, if you if you're not being into this the whole the whole thing you have a society has been broken into castes and they're 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 ranked by their color so red oh, right. reds are like the lowest of the low they are right. like so miners. it's spectrum yeah spectrum yeah. yeah and you've got golds who are the top so you've got golds and then you've got silvers who are slightly below and you've got bronzes who are like um the admin and things like that and then you've got like obsidians who are like basically um norse sort of like like uh, fighters and stuff like that and you have all these different and blues who are generally like soldiers and stuff like that and greys and things you've got so got all the different colors of different sort of kind of think pinks are like prostitutes and stuff like that and it's like you've got all these different sort of kind of classes and it's basically about this guy called darrow who is a a martian um miner um who basically gets wrapped up in this sort of kind of this um revolution to sort of kind of take down the gold thing and he gets uh changed into gold to sort of take them down from the inside and so the first book um is you just basically quoted the um synopsis for the video game red faction Matt. yeah <laughs> well no he doesn't get turned into a uh he doesn't get turned into a um into a super a super being but uh yeah so he sort of 
gets it's it's weird because it's he's Irish as well. So if you listen to it in audiobook, uh, it's got a very to start off with because you know the Reds are sort of kind of like there's even a reference to it. They're, they've come from Ireland and stuff like that and stuff. But right. it's like you know there's a lot of different things. But basically, he uh, gets caught up in this sort of revolution he gets um changed into this what they call a gold so his accent changes and he's you know he's right. a lot more powerful and things like that and it's about and then he becomes what they call the reaper and he becomes this basically general who helps sort of kind of overthrow the society is what they call the sort of kind of uh, the gold society but the first book is like hunger games so i was like i'm not gonna like this because i'm not sure if i like that sort of kind of hunger games sort of thing but it's it like you gotta give it a go it's like it's basically yeah, okay. the start of him in school um being young and becoming a gold meeting people who then carry on throughout the books to be a part of the re- you know the revolution and sort of the whole civil war that happens and it sort of evolves as each book goes on it gets better and better and better and like the battles are just amazing there's some amazing like some of the best battle scenes you're going to get in, okay. in books it's just so good and it's like there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on it's very sort of backstabby loads of things happen that you just don't expect to happen and it's just sort of it's not as brutal maybe as say game of thrones where people you like like people you like get yeah. killed in it but it's not like you know darrow's the main character and stuff but it's like it does them in sort of different ways and it has different points of view like the first three books it's mainly darrow and about his sort of sort of the the revolution yeah. effectively and then the next ones it has them broken down into different sort of like points of view and then you have some point of view from people who aren't on the revolution you know in the the rising side um and it's really good it's like they've got some, some nice. really good characters and in the most recent one um um it's just there's a character in it who you kind of understand uh he's called lysander and lysander is basically i can't you know without ruining things but he's a he's a gold but he and he's like the the grandson of the old empress who got overthrown by the rising and he sort of but he's been he's been a part of but due to one of like um um Cassius, a guy called Cassius, he takes him in, and he sort of like he was a he was a gold, but then he sees the side of the rising, and they take Lysander in, and then Lysander sort of takes himself off and becomes like this new sort of wants to become the new emperor and stuff, and it's like this guy, you're like I kind of like him, and then you just yeah. bit in it where you're just like I fucking hate you, Lysander. Like I remember, like I'm listening to the bit, and something happens which I'll not ruin for you, but I'm just like fuck you, Lysander, fuck you. <laughs> I was like no, no. <laughs> But it's really, really good. Like this, the whole series, like all the books, okay. each book gets better and better. It's sort of like, it's like, it starts off, it is kind of very Hunger Gamesy. And, you know, yeah. if you can get past that, you know, it does, because it's good in its own right. It is, it's enjoyable. But each book after that, just get, it's like, you know, Roman Civil War stuff, stuff, but it's yeah. in space. There's loads of stuff going on. Lots of sort of kind of subplots and stuff going on. And, it, you know, each book is just outstanding they're just really good and he's a really good writer um so yeah i that's definitely my book for 2023 because it just made it was just when i stopped my car i went fuck you guys under like no <laughs> i said to my boss he got me into him i was like i fucking hate that guy why did he do that and i like that character mm-hmm. i don't like him anymore but uh yeah so it's uh yes. yeah, definitely worth a go um what next games Obviously, games. you've had a lot of RPGs. What's been I don't your... RPGs? Uh, well, I'm talking like video games or TTRPGs. Um, either or. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I've like I said, got an Xbox uh, Series X uh, for Christmas last year, so I've been playing a lot of that. So I played Cyberpunk a lot. A lot. Have you got the new expansion for it? Oh yes, I got this Phantom Liberty uh, DLC as soon as it came out. I was having a really uh, bad day, and I thought. No, well, I'm just going to buy this, and I'm going to play it, and I'm just, yeah, it was just great. It adds so much more to it, and and with the V2, V2.0, uh, I'm sorry, V2.1 update, yeah, yeah, that's it's basically this is the game that we were uh, we were promised when it was released, yeah, yeah, three years ago, and that's taken three years to get here. Is <clears throat> is an argument in and of itself. I mean, it should never have been released back in December 2020 when it was. It wasn't finished, but they wanted to kind of get it in for the Christmas 2020 because Cyberpunk 2020 is the game it's based on. But yeah, it's you to fully appreciate the game, you need to play it on a uh, current generation console. So we're talking PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. You want a really powerful PC because otherwise it's not going to. it's so much game in there, yeah, yeah. but it's well worth it. It's a brilliant game. Uh, also, been playing Control. I love Remedy games. I love what they do. I think they've done some fantastic video games like Dolby Max Payne and uh, Animal Wake. So I'm also looking forward to Animal Wake 2. Yeah. Get to play that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed Control. And it's all set in the same universe as Animal Wake as well. So that was quite neat. And I've picked up... Um, Did you play Starfield? Yeah, I played Starfield. It's it's basically described as Skyrim in space. Yeah, I got and quite bored of that pretty quickly. Uh, to be fair, I I I, I mean I just I actually uninstalled it today to put on Red Dead Redemption Two because I've never played it before. Okay, right. Okay, cool. And I, I kind of played it, and it was just There's in, not, there wasn't a lot to it. Like it, it sort of. I think the problem is. They kind of want to put across the fact that space is big, yeah, mind-boggling big. You might feel, you might think it's a long way to the corner shop, but that's just peanuts to space, to quote uh, Douglas Adams. But in the process of making space feel big in Starfield, they've also made it kind of boring, which is true of space because you, you space, you go to the moon. That takes a long time to get there. It takes a long time to get to the moon. So imagine kind of going to another planet, another star system. <laughs> and so you kind of can't have it can't have all filled with stuff. Because what? then you kind of like, because then it's kind of get filled. Well, where's all, where's the stuff in the middle of nowhere doing nothing? So it's a kind of I know, I love sci-fi and like if it didn't something more like Mass Effect, that might have been a bit more elegantly done. Yeah, I I I I think they brought it out because um obviously Star Citizen, um, you know, Cloud Imperium Games, who my friend works for Manchester, but um I've they, chatted, yeah. I mean they that's the Star Citizen in and of itself is a weird thing because it's you know it's not out yet. It's not been formally released, and yet they're still kind of saying, "Oh, do you want to buy this for the game?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got in the offices. They've just got in the office. My my friends just like my friend was my 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 friend. He's married to the girl who works there. Yeah. Um. So he's my friend, but like he was showing me some of the pictures of their uh, their office. It looks like a, a spaceport and stuff like that. They, they've done all kinds of crazy stuff, and it just looks amazing. But I was like, ah, so that's where all the Kickstarter money goes to. But um, they. Yeah. 
have yeah so like they've got betas and stuff so i've watched videos of people playing star citizen but it's still counted as they're basically it's not going to be released until it's done which i think it's good it's which is one of those things it's like you kind of want that happen but that being said it was 2012 i think when it first was you know kickstarted but um yeah they still sell things and but to, to be fair though i mean cyberpunk was first announced in 2012 and was launched incomplete in 2020 i mean well the, see this is there it, was the, it still needed development it still needed like book checking and further development to kind of get refined to the point where it is now which is three years later yeah i, mean, I think that you know i they like you said they rushed that because they wanted to have it out in 2020 um yeah. and i think the one good thing about uh cloud imperium as much as it's probably frustrating for the longest kickstarter that ever did live um is that they're trying to make sure that when they release it 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 works properly and it's sort of doing what it's it said and was sold um they are releasing and i think this is one of the reasons starfield got um starfield got rushed because they're releasing squadron 42 which is basically a single player version of star uh, a single player version of um star citizen yeah and it looks amazing like you, you i've seen some of the video for it and if it does half of what it shows it's going to be it's going to blow starfield out of the water like it's just like super impressive and i think that's one of the reasons uh they they sort of pushed it forward because they wanted to you know make sure they got out before they had to compete with yeah the compete that with makes that. Sense. um which I, mean, which I i got it in game pass so yeah, exactly. I, I, I got it in Game Pass. So I got it in Game Pass. Yeah. I installed it. Um, I played some of the missions. I just got a bit bored of wandering around, sort of not really doing very much, and spent most of my time finding glitches so I could build starships, built some um, built some starships, and then just got bored and haven't really played yeah. it since. Uh, the starship builder's pretty cool. Like, uh, and I, I quite enjoyed having a starship, but I didn't even get past the first mission i literally just wandered around and did my own thing i didn't really do any of the missions and stuff like that i sort of did the odd one uh yeah, well, that's kind of like the whole kind of best thing like don't go anywhere do anything yeah and like the mission the core storylines there for you to do if you want to but you can just wander off and become a space pirate or go there and do go mining or go there and you know kill everyone yeah, like, like it, it, it's you know, there's a lot to it. It's not. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed doing what I was going to do, but it didn't really do loads for me. It didn't keep me engaged, um, and so I, I quite quickly sort of um, went off. And a lot of my friends did the same. Like we were all talking about building ships and stuff like that, and doing certain things. And then the the talk within about a month just died down completely. There wasn't yeah. really anybody playing it very much anymore. Um, and, you know, there was a thing on the news how the modders, because there's a lot of modding community, they've stopped making it uh, a multiplayer version of it because it's boring. <laughs> they said, we're not going to make it anymore because it's boring. Um, so, yeah. It's... When even the modders are calling it boring, you know there's something fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so, Yeah. So I, I think it's a game maybe if you pick up now and again, you can sort of like, yeah, you know, it's sort of enjoyable enough. But yeah i i'm glad it was on it was on uh game pass because yeah. i um i you know i would don't you'd think been, yeah, you wouldn't have paid for it. yeah yeah i don't think i would well but to me, we did pay for you through the game pass yeah 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 true 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 um as for other games i don't i don't think i've played any many i'm trying to think of other computer i played blood bowl 3 when it came out briefly but i play yeah. it in real life so it's like you know in physical yeah. miniature form so um i i sort of kind of played that briefly um 
trying to think what else came out that I sort of played. I've my my Xbox has been has been completely um, neglected. Like me and my brother play a lot of Age of Empires four on yeah. online and stuff. But um, yeah, Baldur's Gate three obviously was a big a big release, and it's yeah. done, it's done phenomenally well uh, for uh, you know a game that like I remember th- this time last year when its beta came out. And that me and my brother had a few games of it. And it was, you know, it was enjoyable enough. Um, but um, it, it's like it, it's massive now, and there be- yeah. pe- people are basically saying this is what you do with a game. This is how you make a game. You wait until it's done properly. You maybe have a beta, but you you wait until it's properly released. You don't rush things because when you rush it, things go wrong. And so they've brought out a game. And it's it's near as the perfect as people want it to be. Um, they've got some new expansions for it and stuff, and people are absolutely loving it. Like it's all over TikTok. People are still yeah. talking about it now. I've not played it yet. I still want. I want to play it when yeah. it comes out on the Xbox. I'm going to play it. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of turn based combat. To be fair, like I remember, there, like, and I thought it was going to be the same thing. Like, there's a ga- there was a game on the PlayStation, and I think on the Xbox as well called um, uh, Baldur's Gate um dark alliance i think it was called yes and it was kind of like a diablo type thing where you go around obviously diablo was a game that i played well you know we'll we'll talk about that afterwards but um it was kind of like a diablo type game and that's what i was thinking and when i was like oh diablo 3 i mean uh, Baldur's gate 3 must be like that but it wasn't it's a turn-based sort of combat type thing but it's effectively dungeons and dragons in a computer game like it has everything you can do um and so I was like, oh, I'm already playing a Dungeons and Dragons yeah. campaign. I don't know if I really want to do a sort of get myself into a Dungeons and Dragons game when I'm already kind of technically playing a Dungeons and Dragons game. So I've not, I've not gone too deep on that. That being said, I did play Diablo Four quite a lot um, when it came out. Um, it was what kept me going when I was traveling when I was over in Thailand and stuff. Um, I had it on my, I managed to sort of get it onto my um, my Steam Deck. And um, yeah, it, it was enjoyable. Though the annoying thing about Diablo is they brought in seasons, so as much oh. as you, you can get up to a point, and then you have to start again. And that's the one thing that I hate is having to start new characters and stuff. I'm not one of those players who likes to level up loads of different characters. I have my one guy. I like to max him out and sort of play all the storyline stuff. So basically, I got to um, Diablo Diablo Four. I got my my barbarian all the way up to yeah. where I needed it to be. I killed Lilith. I sorted. I dealt with Lilith, and then I stopped playing it because I didn't want to have to start again. Um, because if you want to go do the seasonal stuff, which is the new servers, you can carry on yeah. moving around the world on your own. But most of the new player or players are going to go into these seasonal things, and I didn't want to start again. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can, I've got it into yeah. me. It's a game maybe I could pick up now and again and maybe sort of play because it's a bit, it's hack and slash is pretty good. I like the hack and slash type thing, but yeah, it, as soon as I sort of hit the story, finish the storyline, and that's me in general actually. When it comes to computer games, yeah. as soon as the storyline's gone, you want I'm you want just, story. Yeah, yeah, I'm just not really. It's the same for me. Yeah, I sort of like I like. There's there's so many games. Like it gets to the point where I will neglect storyline parts because I know as soon as the storyline's over, I'll lose interest in the game. So yeah. I try and do sort of other things, and then I'll do the storyline. But as soon as that hits the end, I'm not the sort of guy who carries on with it and stuff. Yeah. I'll maybe carry on for a bit, but then I just sort of lose interest and. 
and that's it and stuff. So, um, but yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 uh, seems to have been doing quite well. Um, I haven't put a lot of time into it. Um, so, um, I'm, I say I'm waiting for it to come to Xbox and then I'm going to make it. It's, it's on Xbox. Is it? Is it? Is it? Oh. I'm pretty sure it got moved to. I'm sure they're on Colts. Because cult, cult, it was PC originally. Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. My friend said he had it on PlayStation. I'm going to get three Xbox. Uh, oh, it is. Yes, yeah, it is. It is. that price? I can't. That, and it's not. not it's that not, price. And it's not on um, Game Pass. It's not on Game Pass, and they said they wouldn't put it on Game Pass because it's so huge. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it's on. You know, I I've got it on. I've got it on Steam, but um, I might sort of think about it. I got a I got a voucher from work, a fifty quid voucher from work, oh, so I might nice. think about uh, sticking it on there and stuff, even for me and uh, when AE comes over to sort of play, yeah. play a game or something. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so that's computer games. What about board games? What about your RPGs and stuff? What are you been oh, playing? RPGs. Oh, um... <laughs> what have you got recently? What What have oh, you got recently? I have literally just got the Walking Dead roleplay game. Can you see it on the... On there, up there, Walking Dead? Well, I, I can see the One Ring. I can see Aliens. I can see I'm... all the role-playing games from Free League that ever did exist. <laughs> yeah, the... the... The One Ring, um, literally just there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the the Walking Dead role playing game is basically the Walking Dead the role playing game, and it's really nicely done. It's kind of it got zombies obviously because it's the Walking Dead, but it's done as more environmental threat rather than as actual enemy NPCs. Okay. So that's kind of so it kind of moves the direct confrontation away from the zombies and more between the people. Okay. Well, that's what direct, and, that's the sort of, like, thing... With, which is exactly what The Walking Dead is. Yeah, yeah. The it's more, never on zombies, it's always on the people. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, as I think as Rob, uh, Robert Kirkman once said, uh, The Walking Dead is, like, um, a soap opera with zombies. All right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, So, yeah, that's been really nicely done. Uh, I'm really, like, I'm currently reading um, Aliens Building Better Worlds, which is... Uh, a source book expansion for the Alien role playing game, and that is fantastic. Kind of, it's very much on the style of the Prometheus and Sulaco, not oh, okay. Sulaco, Prometheus and Covenant films. So, you're looking at like the colonization elements of it, and there's kind of scientific colonization, and that's kind of yeah, really nicely done, really beautifully done. Uh, yeah, it's you know, a lot. I mean, you're talking about a lot of games coming out at the moment, and it's almost I mean, I would say like too many games. There's too many games. <sighs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not going to ever complain about reading well because I I like the, the law they bring into, it, especially within the the aliens building better worlds book because they bring in a lot of kind of tangential or referential elements to it. Uh, for, you know, from the films and from the books, like the, they kind of um, like. One little nugget that drop into it is like you know there's this kind of um, documentary called Star Beast right. in the in the alien setting, which is meant to kind of reveal the truth about Will and Utani's biogenetic uh, um, warfare projects. Now, for the, the, the alien fans out there, Star Beast was the original name for Alien. 
before it was released. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. The, the vision script was titled Star Beast. Ah. But then they just changed it to Aliens. But now in the opening, you got it's got this kind of like inflammatory documentary um, expo um, called Star Beast, which is just like they didn't need to. It didn't need to be there. Like, it didn't be called that, but they did. And it's just a nice little nod to say, yes, we are fans too. All right. Okay. Um, for me, uh, you know, I've been, I've been hammering. Like, it's not a 2023 board game or tabletop game. Mm. Uh, Epic Battles Waterloo, which is a black powder uh, Napoleonic uh, epic game. So it's like 15 mil. Um, almost... Yeah, the Prussian starter box. People might be able to see it. Um, but yeah, Epic Battles, Waterloo. Um, and like, I'm hammering that at the minute. It's so good. Like, yeah. uh, the rules are, like, the rule book's a bit... It's very historical, like, because it's a historical war game. It's um, it's very much like, you know, you make up the decisions yourself. So they give yeah. you this idea of how to do things, and you sort of kind of figure it out. So I, because I come from War, Warhammer and stuff, I'm very used to things being set in certain ways and stuff. So I built a spreadsheet to sort of kind of work out. But the game, you know, I'm loving it, like really, really enjoying it. Um, but my big thing for... For um, 2023 is Legions Imperialis, uh, which is basically epic. So if you were a kid of the the 80s or the 90s, oh. and you you liked uh, you liked epic, which was basically Warhammer, space, space 40K, marine, but really and really really small. Yeah. It was six miller that made it. Now they're not eight millers, yeah. and people want to see sort of this what it is. So it's basically everything that I wanted brought like and I've been wanting this game for like forever like I was a massive epic fan I loved epic um and I bought a load of old school epic stuff because I was like oh they're not going to bring it out my friends like they're never going to bring it back and then it brought Adeptus Titanicus out again and I was just like oh they've brought that back they might bring epic back so I was saying to my friends, yeah, they're definitely going to bring Epic back. And like, they're not bringing Epic back. It's not going to happen. I was like, well, they've got Adeptus Titanicus. Why wouldn't they just bring, you know, miniatures of tanks yeah. and stuff? It just makes no sense. And, like, one of my friends was like, yeah, they're never going to do that. I was at Warhammer Fest, and they said they're never going to do this. And for years, he was like, it's never going to happen. And then I was like, 2023, it's 100% going to happen because they brought out this sort of trailer, and it had, like, lots of guys, running, infantry running around. It had Titans and stuff. And I was like this is happening, it's going to happen. I say, it's not going to happen. I bet you anything, it's not going to happen. And then it did. It happened. They brought it out. And I was like, oh my God, Vindication, yes. So I went balls deep. I bought loads. I love it. I'm sitting here currently um, after this. I'm probably going to go and cut out some sprues and put some small tanks together and stuff. But um, yeah, and the game, like I've not played a game yet, but from what I've seen from battle reports and stuff, it's tur- it, it's turnabout, not turnabout, it's um, alternating activations, which is a oh, massive, yeah. it's a massive bugbear for me when it comes to um, Warhammer 40k is it, in Warhammer 40k is I do everything, you do everything in, you know, and you can literally wipe out full units within your turn yeah. and the other guy can't do anything about it. And I hate that. I think it's one of the worst mechanics. It worked back in the day when it was a small skirmish game and you yeah. couldn't do that much damage. But 
now when there's the fact that you know you can do a lot more in this game again it's turnabout it's very chess based it's like you know if i do that well then you might do that but if i do that then you might do that and i love alternating activations and i think it's amazing and they do alternate which is which was like epic mike's well space marine uh yeah. back in the day so yeah i'm like i'm buzzing about it and stuff I, i'm currently i'm seeing if i can build enough so i can bring it back to home to northern ireland with me at christmas so i can sort of play it with my brother um nice. but yeah but yeah it's you know i'm so glad they brought it out like it's gotten to the point where my sort of my sort of 40k things gone completely down because i'm just zoned into doing epic yeah. and stuff i was like epic. yes epic it's all about epic and nice. so yeah but yeah i'm really sort of looking forward to that um, I've got a million other Kickstarters still, you know, filtering through. I've got the Rome Total War one that's meant to come out, Stellaris one that's meant to come out. Um, I've got um, what else has come through recently? Um, War Room came through. Um, Europa Universalis came through. There's loads of stuff that's come through which is probably going to get sold because you know <laughs> I can't. I I need to stop buying. You moved on since then. Yeah, well, it's, it's not even that. It's just like I I get I get sort of like shiny things happen and then i just sort of like ooh, and i need to stop that you know this was the one thing i told myself i definitely was going to buy because i was like it's what i've been wanting my entire life so it was just like i'm not sort of you know that's fine i'm happy with that but like all these i'm trying to put a reduction on the amount of kickstarters i do because you know i i spend way too much money on, on on board games and stuff like that so yeah so i'm gonna after this i'm gonna go and sit there and build some toy tanks and little baby tanks and stuff um but yeah i think that's pretty much everything uh yeah. for 2023 it's been uh it's not not been the best year i think we've had for for things but yeah it's uh there's been there's been a lot we talked an hour and a half about all the fantastic stuff that's been out there i think you know we are in kind of like a renaissance of geek yeah i I, don't get me wrong it it, it, you know we've i've never i think we're spoiled for choice i think that's maybe what it is i think with the advent of streaming and the advent of sort of like you know obviously fast internet and things like that and the fact you've got things like kickstarter and stuff so you can get games you know instead of having this one game which you would play forever and then you wait the next game you know you've got so much choice and i think with that choice it kind of dilutes things slightly because you've got so much to go on to that you can't yeah. sort of be obsessed about one thing because there's so much different stuff coming out. Um, but yeah, you're right. There, there is a lot. We've just been spoiled for choice, I think. And that yeah, sort of, we, are, uh, we are being spoiled. I mean, we, we, we are all geeks now. I mean, I think it was, um, was as a famous person once said, like, we are all geeks now. We've all got our own passions, our own interests. And yeah, you yeah. Know, be one the, the geek have inherited the earth with the, the geek have inherited the earth indeed okay right um well that's going to be us for 2023 um yeah. we will be back in the new year um hopefully we might we'll get some more guests on uh we might oh, even I've get got, some sorry, sorry. Some, i was gonna say i've got to already get some guests lined up for january i've got, I've got chris shepperson who rpg developer coming on the, in the new year got lots of people lined up that won't say been edging asking to come on so yeah looking forward to it nice so we've got guests coming on uh we'll hopefully try and get some more of the geek pride guys because we've got a podcast chat which nobody nobody comes on and we used to have like john joe and and um oh, mark rock, and stuff like no, that but they, 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 no. they, they'll come on so we'll see if we can get some more representation and till yeah. these two ugly mugs that you you see on a on a, on Speak a week. To yourself, <laughs> but um yeah so 
we'll we'll see you in 2024. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks very much for everybody who's been listening in 2023. Yeah. Uh, thanks for likes. Yeah, thanks for subscribing. Likes. Yeah. Thanks for the comments. You know, actually, for that one, tell us what what would you like. Yeah. Who would you like on the podcast? Give us some ideas. Yeah, exactly. Give us a, give us a. Uh, we've got if you want to drop us an email. It's content at geekhyphenpride.co.uk. You can yeah. DM us on our socials. Uh, get in t- contact. Let us know what you would like to hear. What you any topics you would like us to talk about, or if there's any specific guests that we've had on before, or would like to sort of have on again. Then yeah, let us know. Um, but apart from that, um, Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. And uh, for tonight, I've been Matt Geary. Oh, actually, no, wait, Pete, 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 Pete. We've got to do it. Before we before we go, right, we've got to do our yeah. final, um, you know, 20 questions sort of thing before we go. <laughs> between, me, between me, because 2024, before okay. 2024. Um, I've got a really, you know, Wayne's World, right? You know, Wayne's yeah. World. So my one's going to be Wayne's World. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to guess a character from Wayne's world and um let's see so stop watch okay 60 seconds Wayne's world go are you male i am male okay do you have long hair no are you in the first film no are you in the second film yes Oh, this is one I only watched once about 30 years ago. Oh, Pete, come on, man. Um, okay. Jim Morrison. No. Okay, okay. Uh, you don't have long hair. Um, I'm going to answer you, I'm sorry. I've not watched this film in about tw- oh, 20 Pete, years. Oh, Pete, you wouldn't have got it anyway. I was going for God. Jeff. He is Cassandra's father, where he ha- he has the fight in the warehouse with them. You know, yes. yeah. It's like, oh, Jeff. <laughs> so I thought I'd go, I'd go a bit obscure, but you've ruined it, Pete. You've ruined it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I've ruined everything. You've ruined it. You've ruined it. Well, right. Give me one then. Oh, oh, okay. Um... Okay. Uh, I've just been listening to um, some Red Dwarf, so I'm going to go Red Dwarf. Oh, God. Okay. Red Dwarf. Okay. Red Dwarf, 60 seconds. Um, All right. Are they main main crew? Good question. (laughs) Yes. All right. So it's... Okay. Are they male? Kind of. Kind of. Is it Crichton? No. Okay. Uh, is it Cat? No. Is it Dwayne Dibley? Nope. Um, are they... Oh, wait a minute. Are they hologram? No, they're not hologram. Okay. So we're they're male. They're technically a part of the main crew. Yeah. They're not Cat. They're not... The list is Lister. I'm going to go through the main crew. No. Nope. No, okay. main crew. So not, it's not going to be Rimmer. It's not going to be Lister. It's not Crichton. It's not Cat. Um... Oh, is it Holly? Yes, it's Holly. I was going, <laughs> I was tend to be really obscure and say Queek five hundred. All right, okay. <laughs> but for, that kind only appeared once and was also Holly. Oh, okay, cool. cool. But yeah, nicely done, sir. Right there, you go. Um, that's it. Twenty twenty three. We're yeah. IDs. We're we're done. We're we take we're taking some time off to chill out, relax, 
enjoy some Christmas spirit and just chill out with the family a bit. Yeah, yeah. cool. Spoil the, the kids. Yep. Um, so, yeah, have yourselves a great Christmas and New yeah. Year. Uh, we'll catch you in 2024, everybody. Uh, for me, yeah. I've been Matt Geary. With me has been my co-host, Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. Take care of yourselves. And remember, the silly season is soon be over. Back to normal in 2024.